Bye bye, Trevor. Hello, loneliness. Hello, emptiness. The Jets gotta say goodbye. It was nice knowing you, Trevor Lawrence. Somehow, someway, the Jets found their way into a second straight victory on Sunday, beating the Browns 23-16. With another win, Gang Green has now locked themselves in to the second pick in the NFL draft. No matter what happens in week 17, we dive into the win, the second pick, Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, and where the Jets go from here as the post Mark Canizero joins us. All that and more next on a bye-bye Trevor edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, the first ever Jets winning streak edition on the 2020 edition of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown and Brian Costello here at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating, write in a nice review. Mark Canazero is going to join us in just a little bit for an extensive chat and everything Jets and everything restaurants around the world. I mean, if you want restaurant recommendations in Denver and Miami or any city, we got you covered later in the show. And Kaz, the Jets, I mean, it's what else can I say at this point? Bye-bye, Trevor. Bye-bye, Birdie. He's gone. He's going to the Jaguars. It's a lock. The Jets win their second game in a row, 23-16 over the Browns, to clinch the second pick in the NFL draft. Two straight meaningless wins. Sam Darnold was mistake-free. The Jets came into this game with much more of an edge than you would have thought when it was announced that the top four Browns receivers were out. They were without a few offensive linemen, a few linebackers. I mean, this team was decimated. Baker Mayfield was throwing to me, you, and Alex Camerata out there. And you know what? You're not going to have chemistry with guys that you know you barely know their names coming off the practice squad. So he also didn't play very well. He had some bad throws. He missed those guys a lot, but he's never thrown to them. So it's... It's going to be a tough, a tough assignment for him to win, and you know it's it's frustrating, cause as a Jets fan today, knowing that they're not meaning anything for Week 17. We thought Belichick might ruin them, and now that game means nothing because it's even win or loss. It's the second pick. So I don't want to hear about the Browns receivers, all right? Because the Jets' defense is a bunch of no-name guys. Even against that Browns team, the Jets were outmanned. Like, the Browns had better personnel on offense than the Jets on defense, just with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. Like, just start there. The number three rushing offense. So, like, yeah, I still thought the Jets were going to lose that game, even without those receivers. Uh, the Browns have three really good tight ends, and Juku, Harrison Bryant, and, and Hooper are very good tight ends. Two good running backs, like we said. I know they were missing some linemen. So that's fair. Kevin Stefanski, I don't know what he was doing. Well, like he came out throwing the ball like he thought he had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on the field. That was puzzling to me. He should have just run the ball and kept running the ball. They only ran the ball nine times in the first half. I would have just tried to run it down the Jets' throats and make them stop me. And usually we say the opposite, guys. We're always like, why would you ever run? But in this situation, why would you not run? Why would you not? And the Jets lost Quinn and Williams. They're, they're playing, you know, are you familiar with Bryce Hager, Jake? No. Because that, that was the starting inside linebacker for the Jets yesterday. Okay, they're fifth, fifth different starting inside linebacker. So I get it. I get the Browns were, you know, got thrown a big curveball on Saturday night. The Browns still should have won this game. They were a better team, even with all those people missing. And the Jets played well, and 
they were coached well. Give a lot of credit to Adam Gase and to Frank Bush. Uh, I think he's done a really good job since replacing Greg Williams. The defense really set the tone the last two weeks, I thought, coming out, three and out off the bat, flying around. You know, Jake, I was wondering off of the win over the Rams, was that it? Were were the the Jets just going to say, okay, we got our win. We're happy. We're going home. You know, we're not worried about the rest of the season. I thought they might just come out flat and not really play that well yesterday. And they did. So you got to give them credit. I know you're not happy with this winning streak, but, you know, the Jets are playing their best football in December. That's what you want, Jake. Oh, yeah. Let's go. You want to peak in December. Unbelievable. Where has this been? I mean, they do a reverse. Jamison Crowder looks like the new Jets starting quarterback throwing a touchdown. Sam Darnold throwing a barrier. I mean, where was this playbook all season? It's like that he he took uh, it. No, 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 no. He ran that play against uh, Washington last year. You've seen that play before. Last he ran year, it against yes. Russia. Yeah, no, but in, you know, this year? It, he's been calling it. It's been execution, Jake. And like, I love the I love this now. Like, oh, the, the Browns had this guy at receiver. Who did the Jets have at wide receiver for the first six weeks of the season? Josh Malone, Lawrence Cager. Like, yeah, that that, that might have been a reason why the offense looked horrible for the first half of the season was the guys that they were playing. And that, like, I'm not making an argument. Don't don't twist this into like I'm saying Gates should be back. He's gonna be fired. He should be fired. But there, you know, there were reasons why this team looked as putrid as they did early in the season and now look a little bit better. They've got They've got some players out there now at wide receiver. Yeah, and it means nothing. And the only thing it means is that people are now buying into Sam Darnold because he had a 50% completion rate, but he didn't turn the ball over. We have set the bar so low at quarterback because of how bad Darnold has been that when he doesn't turn the ball over, it's sign him a new contract extension. He's our quarterback in the future. No, I think you've seen a big enough sample size. Two games. There's a lot of, not contract extension, but the Jets fans saying, build around him next year. and Maybe he could be the guy because after next year, we know he's going to get a new contract and really you can maybe bring him back because he's got one year left but you're not I don't think you're going to see him turn into this world beater even with you know if they sign a Chris Godwin if they sign a Kenny Galladay and maybe improve the offensive line at that point there'll be more excuses made for him oh you know the defense isn't good this that there's just been so many excuses for this guy that unfortunately there's a there's a decent chance that he will be back just because of the predicament they've fallen in here with uh, not a lock of a quarterback at the second pick but and we say this every week. I just don't think a couple of games he strings together should be fool's gold for Jets fans and the franchise. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we know what Sam Darnold is at this point. It's we've seen enough. And he 175 yards yesterday, 16 of 32, which, you know, I'm not a math major, Jake, but that's 50% completion. And but you know, three games without a turnover, but he really that's also fool's gold because Seattle should have had three interceptions and Jamal Adams dropped one, and there was another tipped one that they dropped, and a third one they dropped. So yeah, I would I wouldn't get fooled by this. And like you know, Jake in baseball, they always say don't pay attention to what you see in September because September baseball is weird with all the call ups and everything, and it gets played a little differently, it gets managed differently. And I feel the same way kind of about December football. You can't believe what you see in December, uh, particularly with a team that's playing for nothing like the Jets are. So don't get fooled. Um, you know, as far as the college quarterback shake and this idea like that, there's no good quarterback to take number two. Just watch. Mark my words. All quarterbacks do in the draft from December till April is go right up. They rise right up the boards. Kyler Murray wasn't going to be the number one pick, Jake, you know, that year. And then he, and then all of a sudden in February, he started hearing, well, you know, Cliff Kingsbury really likes him. He, he liked him when he was in high school. And it was like, no, that's not going to happen. And then he kept rising up the board, rising up the board. That tends to be what happens. Quarterbacks catch fire. I think Justin Herbert, no one really thought he was going to be a top 10 pick last year. He ends up being a top 10 pick. You see it every year. 
year with quarterbacks, their stock goes up. They usually knock down after the season is over. And you can argue that's foolish because it should be about the tape and not what they do in the offseason. But, you know, I have a feeling one or two of these quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, maybe Trey Lance from North Dakota State, they're going to get hot during this pre-draft process. And all of a sudden, Jets fans are going to be like, that's the guy I want. We got to take him number two. Joe Douglas is going to be in an intriguing predicament, and we've talked about it. This is a job. He gets paid to do exactly what this is and, and finding out what's right, what's wrong in the draft. Should he make a deal? Should he not? Um, so we're going to be talking about that, that for the coming months, cause. But guess what? The 1996, they hold the Jets title of the worst team ever. And who would have thought? Because that team had a lot more talent than this team did, cause. Yeah, they have the worst record ever, Jake, right? Like, so... Because I even heard from some old-time Jets fans who said the 1976 team is the worst Jets team ever. That team went 3-11. and That's the Lou Holtz year where he quit before the season was over. And if you look at the numbers from the 1976 season, I see why they say that. They had the worst point differential, and they only played 14 games. You know, this team, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll be remembered as one of the worst teams ever. They're obviously not going to have the worst record ever. But uh, if they finish 2-14, and 14, Jake, no Jets team has ever gone 2-14. and 14. Uh, Interesting enough, that's not a record the Jets have ever had and won't ever again because it's going to be a 17 game schedule starting next year so uh and if they go three and 13 the last time they were three and 13 was 95 the year before that uh one and 15 disaster I'm not in love with the whole 17 game schedule I don't know I'm an even guy like when I turn the volume on something it's got to be on 10 not 9 or 12 not 11 I don't know maybe that's like OCD or something but I'm not in love because one team's gonna have you know more home games than road games it just kind of throws off the schedule. I mean, I, I know why they're doing it. Money, obviously. And you got to add, you got to add. I mean, these guys got to get paid more. You're adding another game. There's another risk of health. We're going to see more guys get hurt and not be ready for the playoffs. What are your thoughts on 17 games? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like it. I, you know, we should have like a, a psychologist on to examine the even number thing. That's interesting. <laughs> that weird, I, yeah. I, I'll probably like that too. I, I kind of like the volume on an even number myself. So I wonder what that says about us, Jake. Yeah. You're the doc. You're Dr. Cause you should be able to prescribe <laughs> something for this doctor. I agree with you. I think I like to me, man, 16 games is perfect. Like it just feels perfect. You know, I understood why they added the extra team to the playoffs. And, and I think, you, you know, I was okay with tinkering with the playoffs a little bit. That doesn't really change much in my opinion, uh, in terms of the scheduling and stuff. Obviously one team gets a buy now, but I'm okay with that. Just and it's worked team. out good for the AFC because of how many good teams there are. There's going to be 11 yeah. or five team that might miss the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. And in the NFC, you just have this stupid NFC East to, to gum up the works with a, you know, possible six and 10 team being in, but yeah, I, I was okay with that change. The 17 game regular season, I don't love. You know, I'm sure we'll get used to it. But I agree with you. The, the you know now an uneven number of home and away games. Like 16 was nice, and I thought everything kind of worked out well. You know, in terms of how many division games you had and how many conference games you had. Now I'm curious how that's all going to work out. I guess it's going to be a cross conference game, is what I've read. Is going to be they're going to play AFC teams going to play another NFC team. So um, it's all you know, for money, cause it's just it's all about the bucks. Another week of play is going to add millions and millions and millions you know nine figures money they're going to reduce the preseason that's good that's one side effect that'll be good at this we'll get less preseason games because that's been ridiculous four preseason games is way too much and i think we've seen this year you know you don't need that much preseason like the, the quality of play i don't think has suffered this year because they didn't have preseason yeah games. i think the fringe roster guys needed to try and get a spot and it'll yeah. it'll suck for them and you know i uh, think two games jake two preseason games are good i think you play one game that's your 
your your bottom of the roster guys, let them prove themselves. And I, th- I would do like week three and week four of the preseason. What we had, so week three is when your starters play for half or three quarters and you kind of work the kinks out. And then week four is when no one plays except the guys trying to make the roster. I think those two games are the ones you need in the preseason. Yeah, you have one preseason home game. Make it a freaking party. You know how hard it is to get preseason? You know, have a big tailgate. Give people free, you know, barbecue ribs. I don't know. Make it a big old party for that one game. Make it meaningful since preseason games aren't. You know, make it a big shindig. Give out, you know, free jersey, something. Get people in the building for that one game. Make it like the preseason Super Bowl. Get the fans hyped, and boom, that's it. Um, One good thing, I guess, that came out of uh, the game Sunday, though, Kaz, uh, the, the win is not good for me because now week 17, Bill Belichick can't do anything. The Jets could win, and they're still the number two pick. And it scares me that if they win, they're going to you know, they're gonna be more of Darnold. I don't think we've agreed that they're not going to think more of Gase. He's, he, we expect next Monday's podcast to be about who the next coach will be and what we thought of the Gase uh, brief era. But Frank Gore, 16,000 rushing yards. He joins Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. So he ruined uh, the Jets' hopes kind of last week, but... You know, it, it, uh, it, it. I guess it made it easier that the Jaguars lost. I mean, if they had won and the Jets won, you're like, oh, my God, we could have did it, blah, blah, blah. But because they lost. Oh, yeah. Um, it may, and if, they the got, they got won, if the Jaguars had won yesterday, Jake, oh, and the Jets won, oh, you'd be like, you know, I'd be talking. We'd be talking to you on a bridge right now. Well, it'd still be frustrating because you still would have been alive if, if you had lost yeah. and they lost. But, yeah, it makes it super. Yeah. Oh, you would have been going crazy if the Jaguars had oh. won the game and the Jets won. So, And they were in it, and then they got blown out in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating, Jake, to look back at this in five years and ten years, see what Trevor Lawrence becomes. A lot of good quarterbacks, Jake, that don't win Super Bowls, right? You know, ask Alex about Dan Marino. You know, they, they, Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen seen and they went to one Super Bowl with him and they had a pretty good coach doesn't guarantee you Super Bowls it, it helps it, it's a quick it's kind of a shortcut to being really good is having a, you know getting that good quarterback but there's other avenues there and the Jets have to find that avenue now without Trevor Lawrence and you know you got to hope Joe Douglas can do that Alex is with Ryan Gosling and uh, Emma Watson and La La Land after what Ryan Fitzpatrick did he's he's jumping for joy after I mean how does that even happen and to I mean to start Alex you could pop in here I mean do you agree here that to a T uh, should be starting and Fitzpatrick is the reliever or would you rather I mean you got to win next week or would you rather have Fitzy start it's almost like whenever Fitz comes in the playbook just opens up the field gets stretched out more he's throwing it downfield Mike Gesicki who wasn't targeted at all by Tua in that game all of a sudden becomes the, the hot target with Fitz I think well Flores already announced that he's going to start Tua but I would not be shocked if it starts to drag its feet a little bit in the first couple of quarters you're going to see Fitz come out of the bullpen in that second <laughs> Mariano Mariano yeah. Fitzpatrick do you start Tua in the playoff game like it's just a weird dynamic to me I, I think the offense definitely has more success with Fitz there but at the same time too is the the guy moving forward but what do you do if you're trying to win a game I think you have to go to Fitz I think that's a no-brainer at this point yeah three Fitzpatrick thoughts Jake from you know I, I enjoyed covering Fitz when he was here with the Jets I would love to see Fitz in Buffalo in week 17 with the playoffs on the line five years after he had that opportunity with the Jets and see what happens, right? He, you know, we all know what happened in 2015. What would happen now in that chance? The second thing is Fitz, I never covered a quarterback who takes more chances throwing the ball than Fitz. Like, you know, they talked about in the broadcast, like 
Fitz views it as if a guy has a step, he's throwing the ball. And he throws 50-50 balls all the time. And when they work, it looks like it did Saturday night. It looks like it did in 2015 with the Jets. When it doesn't, he throws six interceptions like he did against the Chiefs in 2016. So he is like, he is such a gambler throwing the football. But it's like, it's fun to watch. when And, you know, especially when he's rolling, if he's rolling for your team, it's fun to watch. Uh, and then we talk about, like, the Jets not being fooled by Sam Darnold. I'm curious, do the Dolphins get sucked in and say, oh, we got to bring Fitz back next year. And Fitzy, you know, one thing, Fitz, Fitzy's very good at throwing 50-50 balls, and he's very good at the business of football. And does he say, oh, yeah, I'll come back. Just give me $12 million, and I'll come back for your team next year. Do the Dolphins fall into the trap that the Jets did in 2015 and bring Fitz back for more? I'll, t- I'll take him for a freaking year. F- screw it. I mean, I, I, for one season, you know, bring him with, with a parent with a rookie behind him. You ha- have the similar situation. Why not? I mean. Do you remember 2016, Jake? Yes, I, I know he's very, a lot more times missed than hit. But uh, for a year, you know, he's fun. He makes it fun, and he just goes head first into guys. He just doesn't care. Um, he's just a fun guy, and he's got the beard. Let me, beard let me just say this. It's an interesting dynamic. I think, like, Jake was throwing out names before, like Trubisky and Mariota coming in next year. But if you have a guy like Darnold stay with the team again and Fitz, let's say they sign a guy like Fitz, I mean, that's only going to help him. What he's doing for Tua now, even if he's going in late in games and taking the ball out of Tua's hands. Fitz, just, Fitz ain't coming. I don't think Fitz is coming back here. I don't I mean, think there's he's a, lot of, back. a lot of different guys in the building than there were when Fitz was here, but I still think there's people that remember uh, 2016. Just, just picture MetLife Stadium, Kaz. All right, Trevor Lawrence, it's 9-3 to three Jaguars. Fourth quarter starting. The Jets are coming onto the field. Oh, what's that, Jake? I hear a chant. I hear a chant. Flack, go. Flack, oh, no, go. no. Don't do it to me. Not Flack, go. No, I hear Fitz. Fitz, it's like, a, it's like a wrestling entrance music. What's that? Is that the Rocks music? And he comes out of the field, and like the crowd's just jumping, and he leads a touchdown drive, and the Jets beat Trevor Lawrence 10-9. I can could, I could feel it now. All right, that's, that's enough out of us. Joining us next. We'll talk with Mark Canizaro about, you know, Joe Flacco as the answer, uh, as a backup quarterback. Uh, man, this is enough. We've mentioned Joe Flacco way too many times on this edition of Gangs All Here. Um, we'll talk with Can about Gase, Flacco, Darnold, and restaurants right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us now is the leader of the Bruce Springsteen fan club. It's New York Post Mark Canizaro. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Canizaro, you heard our Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, I guess you call it debate, can. But welcome, happy holidays, happy new year. What the hell is going on with the Jets? A two-game win streak. Only in 2020 could this happen. Break the Jets up, as as we probably all said in the press box yesterday, watching uh, watching what was unfolding. But, uh, I mean, isn't it? It's funny. You know, I, I, I didn't realize this until I got home last night. And I had even looked the numbers up. Cause probably got him in the back of his head. But, uh but uh, does any head coach have a better December record than than Adam Gase? I mean, remember the days when you, you know you used to complain, you know, the teams can't perform well in December. Uh, Gase's Jets, you know, perform better in December. I mean, I, I you know, I'm sure at the top of the head we can figure out what the what the numbers are, but they're pretty pretty remarkable. And uh, the problem, uh, unfortunately, for Gase is September, October, and November. Yeah, particularly September and October have been disasters for him here and then this year november too but yeah you're right uh and it's funny what in miami it was the opposite the last year that's what got him fired they were on the they were on the play path to the playoffs and then collapsed at the end so he can't seem to put a full season together other than that one year in miami but it's um crazy where we are right now can i i know you you know you kind of address this in your column but you know does this two game winning streak uh mean anything you know long term for this team 
I, I just can't, I can't imagine it. It, it, it. I can't imagine it can, and I don't believe it should, to be honest with you, and, uh, you know, which I try to articulate today. But and listen, I mean, I've, I've said since last year, you know, that the best, that the best thing that Gase has going for him as a head coach is the fact that his players, you know, last year when they were, when they were one and seven, you never heard one person pointing a finger or squawking. And back then we were actually in the locker room and, you know, talking to the guys that we have relationships with who would, who would, you know, tell us these things off the record even, you know, and, and we never once heard that at all. And, and, and certainly you haven't had any, any indication of that this year as it was even worse at, you know, at 0-13. So the fact that these guys do come to work every day, which, you know, the cynic would say, well, aren't they supposed to play hard? Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to, but a lot of teams that go into the, you know, that have the kind of record the Jets have had the last couple of years, you know, go into the tank, there's backbiting, there's finger pointing, there's blame, and you just don't hear that. And, and the fact that they played, you know, the way they have the last two weeks. And, yeah, have there been some mitigating circumstances? Yeah, it's clear the Rams didn't take them seriously, you know, last Sunday. And, you know, yesterday, I'm not in any way taking away from the Jets' win. But, you know, the you know Baker Mayfield played, you know, the game with one hand tied behind his back with no receivers. And it was pretty evident, you know, how difficult it was for them to, to function on offense. You saw a lot of miscommunication between the receivers and the balls going in, in different places. And the Jets were absolutely able to load up on the run, and they did it. And, you know, more power to them. They did a great job on it. So, you know, I'm not taking anything away, but the bottom line is this team has played its ass off all year. And, and, it, and it did last year after it was it was one and seven. Anybody that's going to look at the last two weeks, and, and even if they go to New England on Sunday, which now I almost expect them to beat the Patriots on Sunday, to make it three in a row, all you need to do is look back at last year and one, and, and ask yourself what six and two to finish the season did for, for the 2020 team. And they went 0-13, so they were even worse. I just think you have to look at the big body, the big picture and the, and the body of work. And I'm, I, I'm not, you know, a Gase hater, but I just, you know, I mean, nine and 22, speaks for itself. You know, there just has to be some some more continuity and consistency, and most importantly, better development of the quarterback, which we just haven't seen enough of with, with Sam Darnold. 12 and 11, our crack research staff, Alex Camerata, 12 and 11 for Adam Gase in the month of December, which uh, we haven't gone further than that, but I could assume that's the best month record he has. He's not going to be the coach by Monday afternoon of next week. Like, I, I'm 99.9% sure saying that. It's 2020, Kaz. You never know anymore. Everyone has a lot, but I've talked to a lot of people. He's not going to be the head coach. Like, it's the decision. I believe the decision has been made. I think they're being – there was a good chance if they lost yesterday, he would have been gone. They would have started the search already. I think they, they don't love the optics of firing a coach after winning two games. You can argue that's stupid. Uh, you can argue, you know, I understand it, but I do think they like Gase. He hasn't disgraced the organization in terms of the way his conduct. So I think they wanted to, you know, they, they weren't going to kick him out the door after winning two games, but I do think he'll be gone next week. I'm pretty sure it's saying that. And like what Can said, this in terms of the fans, I don't think it's always good to listen to the fans. You know, I, I think fans are emotional and decisions need to be made without emotion. However, Christopher Johnson needs to change the conversation around his organization. And the easiest way to do that is fire Adam Gase. I turned on Sports Center last night, and the first the first segment was about the Steelers game, and the host of Sports Center says the Steelers have looked like the Jets the last few weeks, and it's like that the Jets are the punch the Jets are a punchline now. The Jaguars are a worse team, right? The Jaguars have won, and now the Jaguars have lost more games in a row, have lost more games this season. No one makes jokes about the Jaguars. They make jokes about the Jets. The Jaguars, so, the Jaguars don't make Saturday Night Live. The Jets right, do make exactly. Saturday Night Live. Jets, because Chris, Christopher Johnson needs to change the conversation, and he's going to do that in an instant next Monday when he fires a coach. There's, all of a sudden, there's going to be hope injected into the franchise. So, Candy, I mean, the other element of this, I look at the, at the future. You know, the coach is a big question mark. 
the quarterback is a big question mark. Where are you on Sam Darnold right now? I am. Uh, I'm somebody that's always rooted for Sam Darnold cause, as I think you have, and uh, I just also do. And I thought you did a, a good. I thought you did a good column a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. That I just feel like we've seen it. We've seen it enough in three years to know that he's not special. Now, does that mean they can't win with with him? No, I think they can win. I think if they brought a, I think I think a new system, a new coach, you know, a new direction for him. You know, he could still be a winning quarterback. I do. I also do think that Sam needs a change of scenery. But you know what? Maybe a new head coach, you know, counts as a change of scenery for him as well here. Obviously, with no Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, no chance of Trevor Lawrence, um, completely changes, you know, what everybody, you know, what we all believed was going to happen, which was, was you know, they were going to move on from Sam and just completely go all in on, on Lawrence. But now I think what they've got to do is, and they've got two first-round draft picks, Obviously, they've got, you know, they've got number two overall locked up. I don't think they should, I mean, unless they're so committed to, you know, whether it's Justin Fields or the kid from BYU or whomever it may be, North Dakota State, whatever, unless you are so freaking positive, which I don't know how you can be, uh, about any of those guys, I would not take a quarterback at, at number two. I would use that, as you know, to build your draft capital, uh, or unless there's another player in there that you absolutely think is a game changer, you know, as a pass rusher or whatever, just throwing stuff out there. There's going to be quarterbacks that will be available later in the first round and even early in the second where you can use that second you know or whatever more draft capital you pick up with that number two if you trade it you know to take a guy that might you know just well work out so at this point I'm almost thinking you know you, you keep Sam for the moment you know with these circumstances that have unfolded Sam playing better the last couple few weeks no turnovers for three weeks in a row which was you know which is miraculous I think that you know I think they're in a situation where they're kind of boxed into a corner where they got to maybe keep with Sam I, I know you had Tannenbaum on last week and I spoke to him that same day and he's spoken about the fact that maybe you bring a veteran like a Mariota in to compete maybe that happens uh, none of you know that guy like that is certainly not going to command a lot of money but uh, I don't think he, I, I think the biggest thing I would say is I'm not sure I would take a quarterback at number two overall and and, and throw all the, the chips in the middle of the table with him uh, I, I think that's a bit risky if that quarterback's name is not Trevor Lawrence yeah Mariota signed a two-year deal so the Jets are probably the trade a draft pick to get him I I don't know if he even can compete. I think he would win the job if, if they kept Sam Darnold. Um, if they want the best chance to win, I think Mariota might give them a better chance. I, I've always said I'm done with Darnold, but it's scaring me more and more that there is a chance he comes back. Maybe a fresh start helps, but I don't know, man. You've seen so many chances, and the fact that the bar for him is not turning the ball over. I mean, completed 50% of passes on Sunday, and everyone was saying he had a good game, Ken. I think the biggest thing, and we've spoken about it before, certainly both Kaz and I have definitely written about it before, we all have made a lot of excuses and alibis for Sam over the years because he's always done the right thing, you know, and said the right things and, and conducted himself like a professional. I mean, it's amazing. This guy's only 23 years old, which is just stunning when you think about it because, you know, people look at him as it has been. You know, the bottom line is I don't care how many times you've had mono, how many receivers have been out, you know, how much poor coaching you've been, you've been, you know, you've been given. Just roll the list down of all the things that we say that, you know, and Sam has not been dealt a good hand. We all know that. Okay. But you know what? Joe Burrow wasn't dealt a great hand in Cincinnati. I wouldn't, I would argue that, you know, that things haven't been, you know, perfect for, you know, for Herbert in San Diego. I mean, in, in LA with the Chargers. These quarterbacks have shown an it factor in their first years. I just haven't seen that in Sam. You know, I mean, I saw that in Daniel Jones last year with the with the Giants. There were four games in which he had you know, two games he had four touchdown passes, one he had five with no interceptions. I, we don't we haven't seen those games from Sam 
you know, really, save for maybe a couple of, maybe one or two, three touchdown and no interception games, where you just put your team on your back and, and carry it, regardless of what's around you. Elevate the players around you. And I don't think we've seen that quality in Sam. And that that's the thing that concerns me the most for a guy that was picked third overall in the draft. If you pick third overall in the draft, you've got to have some sort of it factor where you can you can take practice squad receivers and win ball games with them. And Sam hasn't shown that ability to do that. And and, and to me, that's the biggest thing that concerns me about him. But that doesn't mean that he's he's a, he's a loser in a lost cause. You know, I think we've seen enough around him, about him, that, you know, he could still be a winning quarterback if everything's right around him. And that's, uh, you know, we could say that for most halfway decent starting quarterbacks around the league. You know, Sam's just kind of another guy. Yeah, I think if he comes back, you got to bring in Mariota. you got to bring in a Trubisky. Uh, you got to bring in a, a Jacoby Brissett. So, uh, I know, you're going to hate me on Trubisky again. <laughs> as, as a backup, as a guy who can compete with him, maybe not your starter, but a guy can compete. Brissett, I like. Mariota's Trubisky, maybe you're re-signing in Chicago right now they're about to have yeah. a parade for that guy right now the way Look, they might go to the playoffs behind him so everyone hated my trubisky take last week but listen i think you got to someone to compete i know you cause you always talk about you should bring back joe flacco ah, i think we know what flacco is i think he was nice when he filled in but i'd like someone a little bit more mobile someone like in, in today's nfl like a brissette um mariota we'll see what what the raiders want flacco is the perfect backup i don't think flacco is a guy you want to compete for the starting job but i think flacco has done he's done everything the jets wanted him to do this year but he won't compete for a starting job and that's no, no, i think but, that's what no, you want. i think flacco flacco's the guy if you're going to do the fitzpatrick to a model in miami flacco could do that flacco could start the year for you if you draft the quarterback like if you take justin fields number two and you don't think he's ready to play right away flacco's perfect to play the first five games get fields up to speed and then let fields take over for the rest of the season he's that guy that's that's definitely a fair that's a fair that's a fair play with no question because the other thing is you got to think flacco is going to be even more healthy next year you know he's obviously one of these guys that's relatively ageless uh, i love the way flacco conducts himself uh, i think he's been everything the jets could have asked for when they signed him jake we gotta do a little we gotta do a little fan therapy here okay a little fan therapy session because i can see where this is going with you and now with you know you're my you're my glimpse of the jet fandom and i can see where jets fans are going you're not winning anything in 2021 2021 is about 2022 but i don't want to be a three win two three win team again i like to win you might might be it's about (sighs) finding guys for 2022 do it is i know you don't want to hear it this team is not close to competing okay? but I, not I, I know what flacco is like if flacco's competing for you want like, like trubisky listen while you knock him he's almost going to the playoffs brissette he's had success in the nfl mariota he's been to the playoffs at least you know, those flacco are was the super bowl mvp but that was eight years ago that was a lifetime ago Jake, with all, joe flacco. all respect all respect of i mean you keep you keeping brissette up there's a reason brissette's not starting he's been given chances he hasn't started he's not he, 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 there's a reason these guys aren't playing you know you have to think about these things these are not end-all answers now i mean do we even really i mean jesus you know there's been twice now we thought that nick Foles was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and that guy can't hold a starting quarterback job down you know it's just not that easy you know oh listen i, I want someone mold hey, listen That's you, you should be at the jet fan jake wants to run the option man to jump on uh, dr cause uh you know on, on what he was saying which was which is spot on there's no reason with a hundred you know close to a hundred million dollars to spend you know in the cap whatever they what they did they decide to do with that money there's no reason the jets can't certainly be you know somewhere in the 500 range next year and competing in to some degree to, as a respectable franchise not one that went 0 and 0 and 13 but i 
completely agree with Todd. That's unrealistic, especially if you're going to completely reboot a quarterback to think that, you know, this team is going to be competing for a division title with the Bills and maybe the Dolphins next year. I just don't I think that's that. fair. They could, be five, they could be 500. They could get there, but they're not. You that's know, what I want. Flacco a... is not giving you 500. I don't think Darnold is. Brissett is probably sure not. they are. If they, they, they could. They could. I mean, you went 7-9 with Darnold. You bring some receivers Darnold. in. You bring some, you bring some skill position players in. You keep these, some of these guys healthy. You know, you know, you get a number one receiver. I, listen, this. I mean, Flacco, Flacco, Flacco could be 500 with his eyes closed. And Jake, Jake, remember, a lot, a lot of the NFL is about the schedule. The Jets had a brutal schedule this year, and that contributed to why they're so terrible. I mean, next year, NFC South, so you're gonna get the Panthers and the Falcons, who are in rebuilds as well. They play the AFC South. They play Trevor Lawrence, yes. <laughs> so you're, you're going to get Jacksonville uh-huh. and Houston who are in rebuilds. So, and then you're going to play the last place teams from the North. You're going to play Cincinnati. And then you're either going to play Denver or the Chargers, whoever finishes last in the West. So the schedule will be much easier next year than it was this year. So 500 is, is you know, even with Joe Flacco or at quarterback or Sam Darnold, 500 should be possible. They could be playing, they could be playing the Broncos and uh, the Broncos and Sam Darnold at quarterback next year. Oh I mean, if we're talking judges, just bring Chad Penning out of retirement i mean vinny testaverde give me give me someone i don't know how much i like joe flacco good guy i don't i don't want to see him as a guy that's the most airtime joe flacco is getting on any show right now uh mark canizero is with us for a few more minutes jake jake is like jake is like this is my show and we are not talking about flacco yeah, <laughs> that, that was enough we he, he got five minutes of uh talking points there uh, but listen, we'll we'll talk about it again in the offseason. The, the quarterback dilemma is big, and I'm just frustrating how fa- there's a lot of fans out there who are now like all in on Darnold because of two decent games. I mean, he didn't even light up the world, and people are like, he's the guy, put the team around him. I'm, I'm sick of the excuses made for him. Nice guy, but let him win somewhere else. That'll be fine with me, and he will. Let's, let's be honest. We're Jets fans. We know he goes somewhere else. It's the Mets syndrome. They come to the Mets. They suck. They go somewhere else. They're good. It's the same thing. Mets, Knicks, Jets across the board here in New York. Ken, you are a big restaurant guy. Now, I'm I'm the self-proclaimed king of Astoria. I have an Instagram. I, I post my favorite Astoria food spots. What do, Are you an Astoria guy at all? Do you have a favorite Astoria spot or no? You know, I actually, that's a place I have not explored, Jake, oh, and, and would like to, because I know there's a lot of quality stuff over there. A lot of, is it a lot of Greek over there, correct? Is yeah, that well, not mistaken? They have no? everything, but it's known most for Greek. But, you know, Serbia always talks about Taverna Kai Clades is the top spot that everyone comes out of town from to get. Yeah, well, yeah, that, I, I, I know of that. Uh, but I've not been there. Yeah, I, I, I should know, you know, I'm not as much in the boroughs as I am in Manhattan, uh, the outer boroughs, although, you know, Serbia, and listen, Serbia's tremendous. So, you know, Serbia has turned me on to some really good stuff. Bamonte's in uh, old school Italian, for example, in Greenpoint in Brooklyn, tremendous. You know, he's turned me on to some good spots in the, in the, in, in, in Queens and, and Brooklyn, but I, I'm, uh, I, I pride myself on, uh, on being pretty well-rounded. So I, I should, I should try the Astoria scene. And if I do, I will reach out to you. Yeah. Come on down. I'll, It'll be my treat for for all your guest appearances on Gangs All. Oh God! Did you hear that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take you. Don't don't throw in any expensive bottle of wine or anything. We're on a, <laughs> he's uh, never had he's never had dinner with you, Cam. Yeah, that's we're, for sure. We're on a podcast budget. Listen, I eat a lot too, so we'll eat. We we might not heavily drink, but we'll drink a little bit as well uh, on the house. So you know the the king of a story has to treat the others who haven't been here 
uh, with respect. Do you have a, Do you have like a spot in Jersey that like? Do you have like a Mount Rushmore of places in Jersey that you like? Uh, well, I'm more of a I'm more of a Manhattan city person. You know, I mean, I, I like. Uh, in fact, I've I've sent Kaz and his wife, I believe, one or two times over to Il Molino, which is down on Sullivan Street in the Village in, the, in Manhattan, which is my favorite Italian in the city. You know, I, I actually really really enjoy finding new places. You know, my wife and I. I mean, this is the God's honest truth. When we go on vacation, we literally, we plan our vacations, you know, you know depending on where we're going to go. We literally are cross, cross-referencing cross reviews and whatnot of restaurants and places we're going. We plan our, our vacations around the restaurants we're going to go eat at. Uh, so I, I, one of my favorite restaurant, you know, sports writer restaurant stories was because I do, I do generally seek out some of the better spots in, in the cities and in the, in the places that we go to. Obviously, right now we're not traveling, unfortunately, but with football. But uh, I, if we're going anywhere, whether it's Cincinnati, we go to Soto in Cincinnati, which is this great subterranean restaurant, for example. Wherever it is, we find places. A few years ago, uh, well, certainly down in Miami, Joe Stone Crab is a famous joint, obviously. I've heard of that. You, you know, you know the Mater D. You're the king of Jones Stone Stonecraft. Right? I actually, in fact, I was corresponding with with the Mater D uh, over Christmas. I wish him a nice, happy holiday, and checking in with with my my guy Eddie down in uh, Miami. Um, but one year we went down and, and we couldn't, we, for some reason, I, I know we were all staying up around Hollywood. So it was a little bit North of, of, of so we had, so I, I, Harvey Green, actually, the old, the former uh, Miami Dolphins PR guy said, you know, you got to try Billy's. Billy's is great, great. You know, the, the, the stone crab is just as good as, uh, as Joe's. So I said, all right, Billy's is a little bit up North, more toward Hollywood. Maybe it's in Hollywood. And, uh, so we brought all the jet beat over there. We kind of went en masse and, and, and Harvey hooked me up with the major D who I connected with in advance. And he, of course, is a fellow, fellow Paisan, which helped me out a little bit, and a New York guy, too. So we go in there. We, got, we must have a dozen of us, myself, Kaz, you know, you know, Connor from The Athletic, and, you know, oh, you know right on down the line. We had a, the whole gang. And, and most of the Jet Beat, like you, Jake, is, you know, considers, you know, Cracker Barrel to be fine dining, you yes, know, sir. on the road. I never said you know, that. Or <laughs> Olive Garden, you know, for, you know, for a good Italian. So, so we go in there, and the place is absolutely freaking mobbed, right? And the guys are like, where are we sitting? We're not going to get into this place. So Major D comes marching over, and, you know, and, 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 and you know, I introduce myself. He's, oh, Mark, how you doing? Oh, we're going to set you guys right up. No problem. I'm telling you, it was, Cos will attest to this. It was elbow to elbow at this place. And they literally just parted the seas for us and just started moving people around and put this table of 10 or 12 together, plunked us down. And the guys, you know, the younger guys on the beat, like Connor and, and, and a few of the guys, they literally were like, you know, I think maybe Andy Vasquez was there from the record. They're like, oh, my God, this is the best this is the best food I've ever had in my life. You know, of course, the problem was, you know, expensing it because it was, you know, stone crab is not cheap. Jake, that time was incredible because, we, you know, we go down to Miami a lot because the, the Jets play the Dolphins every year, obviously. So, and a lot of us stay in Fort Lauderdale because it's closer to the stadium. The, there's a boat show in Fort Lauderdale once a year. And when that boat show happens, it's Fort Lauderdale boat show. It's huge. That was what was in town that week that Mark's describing. So the restaurants were just overrun because the boat show was in town. And like, we were like, we're not going to get in anywhere. What Canizero did was one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen uh, at a restaurant. Was getting us in that restaurant that night. He he schmoozed that maitre d. It was amazing. My favorite part, honestly, was just how fired up all the younger guys on the beat were who were not used to the proper restaurant, you know, on the road 
treatment. You know, they just kind of go where they go and, you know, get what they can get, you know. So they, those guys are all like blown away, which that was my favorite part of the whole thing was. Uh, and by the way, not to take anything away from Billy's because Billy's was outstanding, but nothing touches Joe's. The side dishes of Joe's are, are extraordinary. The stone crabs are phenomenal. And the sauce, the mustard, the kind of the mustard sauce that goes with the uh, with the stone crab, it, whatever they do at Joe's, it, it can't be duplicated any place. So all, all respect to Billy's. But Joe's the place. All right. Well, Miami's getting a lot of love on the show. I guess they should be after Fitzmagic's throw with his helmet sideways on Saturday night. How about that? Um, huh? Oh my God. Fitzmagic continues. He, he's the ultimate. He's the Mariano Rivera of quarterbacks late in games. He just comes in and closes the deal. Joe Stonecrab. For a lot of Jets fans, it's been stoned crab watching uh, the Jets this season, but they'll survive. Uh, Joe's. All right. So I aspire to be that. You know, I'm I'm that at a couple of my places in a story here, but not down in Miami. So I'm gonna have to take my talents down to south beach uh with you guys maybe next year and, and go to joe's jake i'll tell you one but this could be like a brian's book segment Dece- december of 2017 the jets played in denver and then new orleans all right can has a sushi place was it sushi den can is that the name uh sushi den yeah right on the outskirts yeah. of downtown denver yeah sushi den in denver and and we basically just a bunch of us went can just ordered all the sushi it was a little bit of an expensive meal jake so you know there was that one and then we go to we go to new orleans next week we go to revolution in new orleans which is a great restaurant we ordered about eight thousand crab beignets at the restaurant remember the deconstructive beach stroganoff can we are this great meal still still one of my still one of my favorite dishes of all time i still think about it i wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it sometimes So again, Jake, not a cheap meal, right? So I'm, I do my expenses for the month. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this bill from Denver and this bill from New Orleans. And I'm like, I am going to get killed here. Like the, my expenses are going to get bounced back to me. There's no way I'm going to be able to pull this off. So I submit the expenses. Sure enough, I get an email like your expenses have been flagged. There's a problem. So I'm like, all right, here we go. What are they going to say? So I look, it's not those either of those two meals. They get me on. The Jets ended the season in New England. And on the way back on New Year's Eve, I Donald's in Connecticut. And I put in the expenses <laughs> and they said, I couldn't, I couldn't expense a meal in Connecticut because it was in the tri-state area. Oh my God. What? <laughs> that was, that was brilliant. And it was that McDonald's? Was so funny. But I said, I said, okay, because I'm like, I'll pay the six bucks for that if you yeah. guys are going to pay for my meal. Pay in the five hundred dollar Denver meal, yeah, I'll, I'll pay the six dollars for the Happy Meal at McDonald's yeah. in Connecticut. Wow. Well, you know, since this is a New York Post, this is a New York Post uh, sponsored podcast. What you do is, in, in all seriousness, because you know, some you know, we've had great nights like that out. There. You know, that, yes, are a bit more expensive, and our you know our bosses are extreme. You know, very, have been very very tolerant of the occasional meal like that. But you can't what you with the trick to the to the to the trade so to speak is you can't be doing that all of the time there the trick is to find is to find the places that are reasonably priced and still spectacularly good food which is very very doable and that's, but, why, that's yeah, why there's so a that, mcdonald's mixed in there every once in a while yeah, you gotta you mix know? in mickey d's yeah that's always yeah, cheap yeah. get the price down get the cost down but yeah we you know our, some of my favorite times is when we all go out because serby as, as as you know is is you know loves his food as well and loves his restaurants, and you know we we usually go out Super Bowl week as we do a little team dinner. Greg Gallo, our former sports editor, started that, and he and he and he was really cool about it. So listen, you guys go out and just go up, just get have at it for you know for for one night. It was usually the Thursday night of Super Bowl week. And we would just find some awesome place and just, you know, just 
chow down and have as many bottles of wine that were legal to have uh, while getting back into rental cars and driving back to hotels. So that kind of was a t- our team dinner. We've had some really good team dinners. We had a great team dinner in Atlanta a couple of years ago, uh, Houston, you know, some of the Super Bowls in recent years. So certainly we'll miss that this year, our team dinner for the Super Bowl week. Yeah, I, I was hoping to uh, make my first appearance down the Super Bowl, but that looks like 2022. It's going to have to happen. I'm Next year, I'm going to come out. We're going to do a podcast from one of these cities. Maybe we'll do it live from Joe Stone Crab in Miami uh, Monday Monday morning. We'll review the food and talk about the uh, the Jets' loss to uh, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick again in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll talk about that. Mark Canizero, you can follow him on Twitter at Mark Canizero and read his stories in the post at nypost.com. Ken, great talking with you, man. Happy holidays. Have a great New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you potentially uh, when Adam Gase is fired next Monday. Black Monday, boys. Black Monday. That'll say goodnight to episode 60, the Larry Grantham edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts. Go in there and give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support all season. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Thursday to preview the Jets season finale against the Patriots. Happy holidays and stay safe, folks. Bye-bye, Trevor.